leading us in worship at 8.15 in the chapel and now in, in this second service. Uh, this was planned uh, long before we knew what happened Wednesday and uh, it's a gift for Joe to sing anytime, but particularly this song on this day. Our scripture passage is from Luke 13, 10 through 17. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, Immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. Let's pray together. <laughs> Gracious and loving God, precious Lord, you have taken us by the hand as a congregation, and you have led us to safety, and we are grateful. Now take us by the hand and walk us through your word, that each of us may hear the word that you have designed for us to hear that we as a congregation may hear the word that you are speaking to us and let us respond with gratitude and with obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we've been talking about all morning, Wednesday, um, that ceiling underneath the sanctuary balcony came down. Engineers have looked at it. The balcony structure itself is uh, is sound. Uh, it's going to take a while to clean it up and repair it. Uh, we will do that. And for the next couple of weeks or so, we will have our worship schedule adjusted. But the larger picture for this is an awareness of God's protection in that moment. Certainly for the two men that were working there, uh, Jim and Sheila Sunrise, who was there, um, we're grateful, grateful to God that both of them were unharmed. We are grateful to God that Dennis Slagle, who is our church maintenance person, was not there. He easily easily could have been right there. I could have been right there. Any of us could have been right there. And we're grateful that this did not happen 
a sudden. And so it's one of those moments where we, we know that God was protecting us. And, and so there is that, that sense of the Lord's blessing. And so we, we come today grateful and, and humbled uh, and thankful for this opportunity to be here. Now, when we talk about God's blessings, it's, it's very important that we, that we remember that no one of us has the, uh, has the ability to exactly understand how it is that God moves and works in this world. Uh, we, we cannot control how God acts or manipulate it. Uh, and, and there are times when, and, and we will never understand this until, we won't understand it in this life for sure, when tragedies do occur. And it seems in that moment that, that God has not provided the miracle. We, we can't fully understand all of that. But when we do have those moments, when it's, it's clear that God has been at work blessing us and protecting us, we respond with gratitude. And so at the end of our service today, we're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And, and we will sing that with this deep awareness of God's faithfulness to us as a congregation and to so many individuals uh, who could have been uh, in harm's way. So we respond with gratitude. But we also respond when something like this happens. We respond with uh, an awareness, a deeper awareness of what matters most in life. Anybody like me easily distracted from what matters most? Yeah. And, and what matters most is the gift of life, love for God, love for each other, love for our neighbors, participating in the Lord's work through witness and worship and work. So many, many, many things occupy our time, many of them good, but, but, but often function to distract us from, from zeroing in and giving our best, our, our time, to that great call to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so an event such as this, a near tragedy, uh, reminds us to focus on what matters most. Which, as we see in this passage today, is also a function of the Sabbath day. Sabbath is about a lot of things. But, but when we are in the rhythm of embracing Sabbath, observing and keeping Sabbath, we are putting ourselves in position to receive from the Lord the ability to focus on what matters most. So, before we dive into what Jesus does on the Sabbath in this passage, let's remind ourselves of Old Testament... Uh, descriptions of and commandments regarding the Sabbath. First, we'll look at Exodus and Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, the Lord gives the Ten Commandments. One of those is the Sabbath commandment. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. 
Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, or your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Alright, so in this passage, Exodus 20, we, we, we receive the Sabbath command not to work. And so, and remember, this is an agricultural society, so that means that it, all agricultural labor ceases on the Sabbath, the seventh day uh, in Israel. And, and so for us, that means whatever it is that we do as, uh, to make a living, uh, we, uh, we rest from that on, on the Sabbath. Now, for us in, in the church, um, we, because Jesus was raised on Sunday, we, have, so we celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday. Uh, but, but the idea is the same from Exodus 20. Because the Lord rested from His work on the seventh day, so we too take that Sabbath day to rest from our labors. So remember that. Remember especially from verse 11 in chapter 20 of Exodus, the reason that the Lord gives for observing the Sabbath is that because the Lord rested, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it and rested, we do too. And then Deuteronomy chapter 5. A second giving of the Ten Commandments or account of the Ten Commandments. Verse 12, beginning with verse 12. Deuteronomy 5, verse 12, and we'll get several verses that are almost word for word with the Exodus 20 passage, but then we'll get a different rationale for keeping the Sabbath. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns. We see that rhythm, same, same words so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. And then verse 15. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out. And from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So, so you see the two different uh, ways, the reasons why we're keeping Sabbath. One, because the Lord rested on the seventh day. And then in Deuteronomy, out of gratitude for the Lord bringing the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt and into the promised land. And so for, for that pattern, we, we gather in worship, and particularly on this day, we give thanks for the Lord's deliverance, for the Lord's protection in this ceiling falling. And, and, and we give thanks for all of God's many blessings. So in response to both of these accounts of the Sabbath commandment, here is how our response has, uh, has, has been formed over the centuries. We rest on the Sabbath day. We worship on the Sabbath day. Forget for Christians, it is Sunday because Jesus was raised on Sunday. So we begin the day in worship together, giving thanks as Deuteronomy calls us to do. And then after we eat lunch, we take a nap. Who takes a nap? <laughs> On Sunday. It is a God-blessed nap, right? <laughs> right? Exodus 20. 
You are to rest on the Sabbath day because the Lord rested on that seventh day of creation. Well, we have those commandments in the Old Testament, but as we know, over time in Israel, the, the leaders of Israel, especially the Pharisees, uh, were very particular about what it means to work and not to work on the Sabbath day. And developed all kinds of rules, David, that you have to follow to ensure that you are not working on the Sabbath. And in developing these rules and these traditions, the Pharisees and the Sabbath, you know, other leaders in Israel had, had shifted their attention away from what the Sabbath was all about. Away from the focus on simply resting and being in God's presence and giving thanks to the Lord for His many blessings. And instead they made the work, a work that you did by not working, so to speak. And so it's this context that Jesus enters into on the Sabbath day. And, and there's this woman there who, uh, who is bent over for 18 years, uh, possessed by a spirit that cripples her, and Jesus heals her. But, but notice what the leader of the, of the synagogue does in verse 14, uh, Luke 13, verse 14. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant, angry, because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying, he, didn't just, he doesn't just keep this to himself, and he doesn't pull Jesus aside and, and rebuke Jesus uh, by himself. He, he tells this to the whole crowd. Remember, everyone, there are six days in, on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. Imagine if you were the woman who was healed. And you've just received this incredible blessing. And, and your pastor, basically, says you are wrong in, in being here to be healed on this day. Uh, imagine if you're one of the friends of this, this one, a family member. So it's a very harsh word that the leader of the synagogue gives to the, to the congregation. And, and, and remember in those days, when Jesus comes to town... It's high attendance Sunday in the, in, in the synagogue. I mean, people are there. And, and this synagogue leader spews his anger on the whole crowd. And so Jesus rebukes him and, and others, and, and, and he sets things right in terms of what the Sabbath is all about. It's still about rest. Yes, it is. And it's still about giving thanks. It is still holy. And it is also a day to do good. If you have opportunity to do good, on the Sabbath, you do it. If you have opportunity to serve on the Sabbath, you serve. If you have opportunity to bless someone on the Sabbath, you say, I'll nap next Sunday. And I'll bless someone this Sunday. And, and, and Jesus uh, frees us from all of the, the, the rules that have encrusted the Sabbath command. And, and, he, and he tells us to, to, yes, we rest on the Sabbath, but we, we don't have to be legalistic about it. Uh, we, we don't have to look over our shoulders thinking God is judging us as to whether or not we're truly resting. And, and, and we, we, we come to worship every week to give thanks to God. Uh, and, and, and we do good. And we do other things. And, and, and there are times when we have to do work, yes. But, but really the Sabbath is about giving us that time to focus on what matters most. God, to 
to whom all blessings flow. Rest, so that we can remind ourselves that the world doesn't revolve around our work, it revolves around God's work. And doing good. Not just on the Sabbath, but, but always. And so when we're in the rhythm of Sabbath keeping, there's this wonderful way in which the Spirit, once a week, reminds us of what matters most. William Wilberforce was the great uh, politician in England, 1800s, led the charge to, uh, to uh, abolish the slave trade in the British Empire. Early in his career, as he was getting started in doing that work of leading the nation away from slavery, uh, he also had an opportunity to, to be placed on a very high position within the cabinet, within the government. And he wanted that position. He wanted it badly. And, uh, and he started doing all the things that he needed to do to get that position. And uh, pretty soon he was obsessed with getting that position. It was not a holy ambition. It was a selfish ambition. But Wilberforce was a committed follower of Christ. And he was also committed to the discipline of Sabbath keeping, of worship with the congregation, of rest, and of doing good when the opportunity arose on the Sabbath. And, and he writes in his diary of, of how this unholy ambition was, was taken away from him one day. Why? Because of Sabbath. Through worship and rest and doing good. All of that. The, the, the Spirit reminded him of what mattered most. Reminded him of his call. And, and he was cured, so to speak. He was set free by the Sabbath. To focus on what mattered most. And then was able to get on with his world changing work. And so the question for each of us today. The question for us as a church. The question every Sabbath day is. How do we need to be redirected. Re-centered this moment on what matters most. Where have through the hustle and bustle of the week or the weeks where have you lost focus? Where are we not oriented around Jesus the way that we're called to be? We've got this precious moment. Precious not that we wanted it, but precious in that God saved us from disaster, from tragedy. And, and that happened on a Wednesday and it focuses, but but this is a Sunday, and there will be Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Will we take this time each week to say, Lord, recenter me in who you've called me to be and what you've called me to do so that I may focus, so that we may focus on what matters most. So Jesus has this dispute with the leader of the synagogue, and, and through that dispute, he, he, he gives us this Wonderful broadening uh, perspective on the Sabbath day. Oh, by the way, I should say this. Uh, so, so Jesus removes the shackles of legalism on the Sabbath, right? Uh, there are people who can't be here right now because they work on Sundays. Lots of different professions require people to work on Sundays. Um, and that's just the way life is. And so if, if you're in one of those professions or if you're in one of those schedules or if there's someone you know and love who has one of those schedules... It, God's not angry because you're working on Sunday. It, it's all right. 
But what we then do, again, as Jesus frees the, the Sabbath from the shackles of, of, of literalism, of legalism, what that does, does mean is that, is that at least one day a week, if, if you can't be here on Sunday, then you do take that one day a week to rest and to worship. Maybe you, uh, Cindy's streaming this, filming this. Maybe you, you, you take our, our uh, worship service online. But whatever you do, you take that time to offer yourself to God in worship. And then maybe there's someone that can join you in prayer or Bible study on that day. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah, so we, we recognize, again, this isn't a legalistic thing. And so this is, this is just a sense of, right, if it can't be Sunday, make sure there's a day where you're resting, you're offering thanks to God, and you're worshiping. Okay, so, so Jesus establishes that in this dispute with the synagogue leader. But, but I want us to conclude with uh, this beautiful thing that Jesus does, and Alicia's already mentioned it, in verse 12. When Jesus saw her, verse 12 begins, when Jesus saw her. So remember, lots of people, crowds overflowing, Jesus draws a crowd. But he sees this one particular woman. He, he sees her. And it's not just that he noticed that there's someone who's uh, not fully able. It's not that. He sees that, but, but he sees deep into her. He sees her heart, and he knows her heart, and he knows her pain. Now, Jesus sees every one of us every moment of every day. But the Sabbath is that one day a week to remind ourselves that he really does see us. When we rest, but especially when we're here in worship today. Let me be the one to remind you. Jesus sees you right now. He sees your joys. He sees your pain. He sees what you're worried about. He sees ahead to the challenges that you will face. He sees everything about you. And when he sees the parts that are sinful, he doesn't turn away. He sees you through the lens of His cross and His forgiveness. So we come to worship to be reminded that Jesus sees us and He loves us. He loves you, everyone, every one of us. So that verse begins, when He saw her. And then, and then it goes on, He called her over and then He spoke to her and He, and he heals her. But, but He speaks to her. And Jesus is speaking to us all the time. But the Sabbath day, when we rest, and when we gather together in worship, and when we do good, it's an opportunity to really deeply listen to the voice of our Lord. And so the question, each Sabbath day, each Sunday when we gather for worship, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to us? And are we listening? Are we listening? Sabbath is that time to make sure that our listening ears are on, the ears of our hearts, and we are paying attention to whatever it is that God wants to say to us. And when we listen, and when we rest, and when we give thanks, and when we remember that Jesus loves us, 
we then respond with commitment. Commitment, obedience. In response to the love of Christ for us, we then commit ourselves to being the people of Christ throughout the week, to living the life of Christ, to sharing the love of Christ, to loving our neighbors, to working for His kingdom. In response to what happened Wednesday, in response to God's goodness every week, every Sunday, we respond with renewed commitment to being the people that God has called us to be. So about 10 years ago, I was preaching from this passage in our church in Wilmington. And um, there was one woman in the congregation for whom this passage was a huge connection. She was a senior adult and she had had back problems for decades. And so she was, to use the words of the text, she was literally bent over when she walked. And so during the commitment hymn, she very slowly walked down the aisle. And, and I, I, I met her moving up the aisle. And the beautiful thing was, when she got to me, she didn't ask me to pray for her healing. It would have been appropriate for her to do that. It would have been faithful for her to do that. But she, that's not what she asked for. As she, as she came before the church, she committed herself, renewed her commitment to doing the work of the Lord. She lived a couple more years after that. I had the privilege of doing her funeral service. But, but she lived up to that commitment as best as she was able because of Jesus' love for her, because of what Jesus has done for her, she committed and recommitted her life to doing what God would have her do. So the question for us today, on this Sabbath day, is will we do the same? Will we use this day, will we respond to this miracle, this gift from Wednesday, to unite together and love each other and love our community? And allow God to work through us to do tremendous things. Will we do that? It's something that every one of us have to make an individual commitment to do. And it's something that all of us together, when we make that commitment, God will honor it. And God will do great and wonderful things. I'm excited about making that commitment. Will you make it too? Let's pray. Again, Lord, we're grateful for your provision, for your protection. We give you thanks for your many, many, many blessings. Now we pray that as we rest today, as we worship today, as we do good, as we have opportunity on the Sabbath. We pray that by your Spirit, you would renew in each of our hearts and in our church a commitment to you to be the people that you've called us to be, to do the things that you've called us to do, to be the light on this corner of Huntington and throughout our city that you've called us to be, and throughout our region, the tri-state area, and our state, and our nation, Lord, around the world. We offer ourselves to you in thanksgiving. We commit ourselves
to your hands. Work in us and through us as you will. For we ask it in Jesus' name.